I'm Diane McGinley, and I'm here with Dr. Joseph McGinley, and this is our podcast, From Wyoming to Everest. We have been doing a series talking through your preparation, your training, and all things Everest. And today, I thought we'd talk a little bit about how you finalized your actual plan and what's going to be happening sort of when, a little, little bit of a change of a plan. So why don't you walk us through what you're going to be doing after you leave here on Sunday? The bags are already packed. I got all my candy and junk food in the bags. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much ready to go. And yeah, trainings, I've been peaking on training right now. So that's also good timing on that. And that's been coming along. But yeah, we, we finalized our training plan. And <laughs> it's going to sound funny, but we're adding in another summit as part of the uh, warm up to Everest. Yeah, and, a little, little uh, warm up mountain. Yeah, you know, it wasn't originally in the plan, but you know, we're going to, it takes, I don't know, two days or so to fly out there to land in Kathmandu. We then have to get permitted, so I arrive late in the Kathmandu, we'll stay overnight, uh, get all our permits, climbing permits the next day, stay one more night. We were originally going to fly right into base camp and head up the mountain, but apparently all the rope teams aren't finished on the mountain yet because it's been such a rough winter. So to make sure that we remain trained and ready to go, we're going to actually fly into Lobache, uh, which is about two, 3,000 feet below Everest base camp, about 16,000 feet or so. And uh, all joking aside, uh, we're going to give a go at Lobache, the summit, and mm-hmm. try to do it all in one day and then get back down the camp. So, and, and, yeah, it's not it's not going to be an easy day, that's for sure. It's a it's a 20,000 foot summit, so 20,125. Um, yeah, we're going to get off the airplane. <laughs> I, we're gonna, I can't tell if you're excited about it or what. That might be the hardest part of the whole trip right there is, is doing that. Because, I mean, we're going to be going 4,000 feet of elevation right there and then back down all in one day just after flying out there jet lagged and everything else. Mm-hmm. So that that's going to be a very interesting day. We'll, we'll see how we do. I suspect it's not going to feel great. <laughs> one of the things I think is great about it though, is that you're going to get to really get to know your team because you'll be with your Sherpas that are going to go up Everest with you, right? Yeah, that's correct. And part of it, not only for us to stay in shape and ready to go on Everest, it's going to prove to the Sherpas that we're acclimated and this tent training worked and that we're going to be safe running up Everest. They're not used to that. This is this is unique, as we talked about in the past. This is going to be a record-setting climb if we can pull it off. And the Sherpas want to make sure we're safe. They don't want to put their lives at risk. They don't want to put our lives at risk. And climbing this mountain, you know, in those conditions, I think at least proves that we're conditioned enough to at least make a serious attempt on the climb. I got you. So you'll prove, prove it to the Sherpas that you're ready to go. So where will this mountain rank as far as the tallest you've uh, summited? Well, you know, I have two other 20,000 foot climbs, uh, Aconcagua at 23 and then Denali at, at 20,510. So this will be number three on the list. On the list. So you're just <laughs> doing a, on a, as, as an aside, a little as like... As a practice a climb. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I'm, serious. I'm not looking forward to that day. It's going to be a hard training day, that's for sure. But, you know, you get the rust off. We'll get, get rid of the jet lag. Get the rust off. Get the oh rust off. Um, and then we'll be ready to go. <laughs> I guess so. Um, so you think that all happens in one day? You can get It does all happen in one day. Wow. It's on the schedule, yeah. Okay. Uh, so we'll fly into camp, into Lobache camp next climb up and then the next day we hike up to base camp which is again another 2,000 feet up to Everest base camp. And then how long will you stay at base camp? Well that'll depend on if we get a weather window then we're going the next day up the mountain. Okay. Um, but tentatively you know if we had our preference we'll probably take a rest day or two. It is going to be rough doing that mountain and then going up to base camp all in a 48 hour period so it would be ideal to rest a day or two. But if we do do that then we're going to have flexibility so if we get a weather window and you know we're already acclimated and we've proven it on Lobache. 
we have the ability to skip camps on the way up the mountain, which is an advantage over every other team who wouldn't have that ability to do so because we're a small light team. If we get through the ice falls to camp one and we're feeling great, there's no reason we can't push on to camp two and skip camp one. So that's on the that's on the potential agenda to speed that up once we get up the mountain. So there is a benefit to climbing Lobache is that it gives us the green light to possibly skip some of the camps heading up the mountain. I mean, you'll probably have to do some of that if you really are gonna go for the record, right? If it's, if you're trying to, if you stopped at every single camp. We would still get it, it'd be tight though. Be tight, yeah. yeah. Okay, interesting. So you've added this second 20,000 foot <laughs> mountain to the front end. It, it, was, of it this was a situation. debate. It wasn't a, it wasn't a gung-ho yes on that one. It was, yeah. we, we had a debate over this one, but yeah. I get where they're coming from and I understand and it will feel good to, to do some activity before we head up the mountain. Activity. Yeah, yeah that's what I'll call it. Um, so, um, but good news is happening on your way down. What's the change of the plan for the way down? And this well, is one I'm most happy about. Yeah, potentially we might be able to helicopter off a mountain without going through the ice falls again. I wasn't aware of that previously, so I speak to my guides and they said that they do fly supplies up to the advanced base camp and everything else. And he was arranging that so that we only have to pass through the ice falls once, which, you know, in my opinion, is the deadliest part of that mountain. So, yeah, if we can head through the ice falls once and not have to do it again, I'll climb Robichet five times if I have to. <laughs> no, okay, that sounds good. So a little uh, change in plans as far as the first things, but a lot of people ask this. How can we follow you? What are you going to do? Well, I'll have an in-reach tracker. It's going to be on our website. It's going to track our steps every two minutes. Now, again, caveat on that, every other mountain I've gone on, these things freeze. So this is a new one. This is in-reach, so we'll see if it has better capabilities in the freezing weather. If it disappears, don't think something bad happened. <laughs> Usually, the only bad thing that typically happened was the device stopped working. Yeah, but you're also bringing a satellite phone, right? Yeah, I have a satellite phone, but that's not, you can't really track with that. That's just yeah. for backup. But if and you see... we won't have that up on high camps. It's too heavy to carry. So we'll have the trackers with us all the way up. Okay, so we're going to put a link where you can go in and follow it. You've ever followed Joe in the past. This one's better because it's every two minutes instead of every 10 which is great because I think we'll better be able to see your actual trail and the maps themselves. You can really kind of zoom in and, and check it out. So we'll put that link up there. Where, when are you going to start the moment you leave Casper? Well, that won't work on the airplane, but um, <laughs> Usually maybe, you just show up. <laughs> yeah, maybe when we get in Kathmandu and we fly over the Logoche and get it set up there so we can see the practice climb and then uh, see the hike up to base camp and then through the ice falls and on up Everest. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting the training over with and getting onto the mountain. I'm a bit antsy at the moment and I just want to get out there and get climbing. Hopefully the weather cooperates. That, that's a big one. It's been a rough winter over there, which is why climbing season's a little bit delayed so far and why we added these extra days to begin with. We actually just looked up yesterday the temperature at the summit. What was it? Minus 40? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, the, it's the jet stream, so. Yeah. I mean, that's no different than Casper this past winter, right? Oh I my mean, goodness. we had minus 30. We did 30 not to 40. have minus 40. Well, we had minus 32 on, on I my guess car on that coming one in. day, I guess. But um, yeah, so it's going to be like Casper on top of Everest. <laughs> yeah, no, very much colder than that, I would think. Cool. Thanks for the update and enjoy your last couple days here of training. We'll loop back to you for one more before you leave. I'm Diane McGinley. This is Dr. Joseph McGinley, and this is from Wyoming to Everest. Thanks for listening, everybody.